The Benadryl Brownie? The Benadryl Brownie. You know what is one of my favorite parts of this episode? I don't think you're going to guess this. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed the cell phone store. Oh, because of how blatantly fake and stupid it is? N- no. Um, I actually liked it because it totally reminded me of what a cell phone store was in 2002. Really? I don't know. Before there was a Verizon was store. Cellu- no, there was always carrier stores, weren't there? I used to get my cell phones at this like shady store down on uh, some random street in my neighborhood. And it wasn't a carrier store. It was just some like guy and he had accessories all over the walls. And when you wanted to see a phone, he had to go in the back and get the phone and then bring it out to you. I always got mine at carrier stores. And I, I thought carrier stores always existed because carriers had to exist. I don't know. It just reminded me so much of like shopping for a cell phone in the early 2000s. All right, then I guess I had it wrong. But the, um, the, the prime focus was probably to sell you accessories before selling you an actual phone. Yeah, that's true. You pick out the case you want, you pick out the holder you want, you pick out everything you want, and then you have to get the phone. Right, because everyone's just getting like a candy bar, Nokia, or a flip phone Motorola at that point anyway. Oh, man, those Nokias were great. I was so good at Snake. Were you? I, I was I was actually very good at Snake. I, you uh, know, I can see that. I was Snake never very one, good at Snake. Not Snake, not Snake 2. Like, I could get into the thousands in Snake 1. It was like unheard of. I was literally known in high school amongst some people, not many, as being good at Snake. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was actually... Uh, people would give me their phones during recess and like ask me to get them a really good high score because then they could like show it off to other friends like oh I got this cool high score in Snake so I like the high score on everyone's phone that's incredible it was, I should have like charged for it, it, was, more, it was, people, more people should still know that about you they actually should I should put that on my resume you should put that the first thing on your resume Snake and, and, champion and you can download like the remodeled game for like for smartphones, but it's so not the same. Like it's all about the feel of the physical buttons on you your. You need phone. the clicky buttons. You need you like because you're not even looking at the buttons. You're looking only at the screen. Like you're going on on touch on feel with your thumbs. Well, if you're a snake master, then yeah, you better be going on thumbs. I'm actually a one. I was a one thumb player only. Right, I never used the left. Really? Yeah, one thumb. That's some serious mastery. Yeah, but I wish we should move off snake. I guess. Sure. So so he's talking to Richard. At the cell phone store, yeah. and they're talking about how they go out. Um, there's drops sometimes they go through a tunnel or whatever, and Larry's like, "Oh, you can't even get cell uh, radio in a tunnel," which is like, "Sure, you can." FM, what do you listen to? And there's nothing that funny about this line. Larry says, "Oh, I listen to talk," but Larry starts laughing, and I actually think I watched this a few times. I think he's breaking on screen. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, he's he's just breaking like Larry David, the actor, is breaking at like how stupid that conversation was, and like you can't see Richard. Maybe Richard's doing something funny also, but there's not a lot of times I think you really catch Larry just like cracking up like that on, on the screen. This is definitely a time. The the line before that, Richard claims that you can get FM in a tunnel, and then just looks at Larry really seriously and says, "You're an idiot." <laughs> So that's, that's probably what did it then. And if anyone's gonna like, if anyone in the show is gonna be able to make Larry laugh when he doesn't want to, it's gonna be Richard. Like they've been friends their whole lives. It's true. I really like that this episode is another Larry and Richard get in trouble episode. Yeah, R- Richard's good in this episode. Richard's actually he's in the early episodes he's good. I always remember not liking him that much as a character. I think he gets worse as the show goes on, maybe. But he's been good so far. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I also like my next note. They're outside. He's calling Cheryl about the dinner party. It's like, oh, we're going to have Richard and his girlfriend over. Then Richard's like, oh, ask me if Jeff can come. Ask me if Jeff can come. And it just reminded me so much of like two kids just like asking their parents if like they can like have more kids over to play. Like, oh, can Jeff come too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Larry, Larry and Richard are like little kids. They're, well, they're friends from childhood, but they're like little kids in this episode. It's great. They're just running around getting in trouble. And first they start off by hanging out with their friends. Exactly. Um, so is the next scene at the dinner party? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the next scene is this transitionary scene where they're playing music. Everyone's sitting around the table, the oh. dinner table laughing. That's, that's the dinner party. That counts. But that's I'm kind there. of fun for Curb because usually Curb dinner party scenes, Larry is sitting there and he's not happy at all. Right. Like in season one, episode seven, Amco, where he has an awful time with all those Cheryl Christians around. Yes. These are all Jews. So, do you notice what's very obvious to pick up on if you watch this right after 301? Huge contradiction. Larry's eating a pear? I don't, no, no, I no. missed I must have missed it. No, but I'm very, I, I notice these things because it plays to my own uh, Were they eating, eating kebabs? Jeff is eating steak. He gave up red meat <laughs> one episode ago. Good call. He couldn't even make it to the next episode. Jeff is eating steak. You don't know how much Wait, time passed between t- episode one and episode two. You have no idea. You're right, but it's, it can't be that long because no progress really been made on the restaurant. You don't know, it could have been two years. No, because a restaurant doesn't take two years to open when it's already that close. I, I, I know, but <laughs> you're right that it could have been a month. But and no, 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 it was probably like a week. Yeah, it's just it's very funny that Jeff's eating that steak. I I liked it. And you don't ask a chef for ketchup. You 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 really don't. Ketchup uh, is a terrible condiment. And he just like shouts, he just like shouts it out, like, "Oh, can you bring me some ketchup?" Like, it, yeah. It's, Once it's, again, Jeff is a fat idiot. Jeff, well, clearly so. <laughs> um, so so the dinner party, they move into the the TV room. Mm-hmm. Unless you have notes in between. I don't have a lot of notes from this scene. Um, okay. So I like so that I, Richard Lewis yells at Larry when he's talking about using the phone that uh, the phone is so easy a praying mantis can use that yeah, phone. So there's some great lines back and forth. And then, like, when they're arguing, like, Larry suggests Scrabble as a joke. And Richard's like, oh, it must be a bad joke. Larry's like, well, what? You want to sit Shiva? Like, Let's get under the covers and sob. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all, their argument scenes are pretty strong, this one all together. Um and then my, maybe I'm a favorite part, but I really like once Richard and his girlfriend finally leave mm-hmm. and Larry and Jeff just get so excited for Scrabble and like, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Let's do it. Larry leaves to go get it. Two of the best lines of the episode. He says to Cheryl, you don't want to play. It's better with two people. Runs out. She starts looking like annoyed, like what's happening. And Jeff just goes, do you have any milk? And then it just cuts out. I could not stop laughing. I mean, that's fat idiot Jeff. Do you have any milk? Do you have any milk is probably the best line in the episode. It, it, I can't it, do it justice on this just, podcast. Glad it just cuts like right out after like that's the end of the scene. Like, do you have any milk? Um, next thing I so right, she gets sick. Larry goes to the prayer circle the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he sees this TV tech. What is the TV tech doing? 
I was wondering that too. It looks like he's checking. He's like checking every channel and writing something down. And writing something channel's down. Channel's just static. What? No, he was like pressing a button on a VCR and then writing yeah, something down. Heard, you heard static. Oh, so he's writing down static. I don't know what he's writing down. Um, I, is I, for some reason I like I had that in my mind. Is that's how you like calibrate a TV or something? But. I don't know. You know more about that stuff. Is that is there any reason what he was doing was correct? It didn't seem like it. It it, it didn't seem like it, it either. It, I don't know what he was doing. Why, why yeah. would you be writing things down? Whatever. Yeah, and I mean, then he even goes up and asks Deborah about the guy and how many remotes they have and if he does a good job. But before <laughs> so, that, he's asking her to to take some Benadryl. He's trying to convince her by saying, "Yeah, just, just pop, pop it in. Pop one. Take pop a pop. Was, take a pop." Who knows? No one's gonna know. Just take it. And and Richard was even like going along with him. The thing about Larry and Richard, because this happens later when about Cheryl, when they're asking Cheryl to bake the brownies, is like when they're not arguing, they, their flow is like they team up very well together. Like mm-hmm. they play off each other very well on the same side. Mm-hmm. Like they they add to each other very well. Like I mean, they're just very good together. With usually they're against each other, but I think these are only a couple few examples. It's rare. Where they're like on the same side and trying to convince someone of it, and they're very good together. Right. So like when they're outside the house, and they're arguing about what to do next. Yeah. They come up with the idea of the the Benadryl hitman, which I just love that idea. The yeah. Benadryl hitman. Um, it actually is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, the Benadryl brownie is a ridiculous idea, but the the idea of just a hitman whose sole focus is to deliver Benadryl to people is, is also a great idea. Should, should be a comic book character. Before, before they go outside, though, I love in the prayer circle, they bring him in, and he's afraid to touch a guy's hand. So he says, let's go, boy, girl, boy, girl. Just grabs this woman, tries to bring her over. And then in the middle of it, cell phone rings. Just doesn't even, like, walk away. Just answers it in the middle of the circle. And there's obviously someone asking if he wants to go to a game because it says who they're playing. And then it cuts to them going outside. I like that his uh, ringtone is Havanagila. Well, actually, oh, you, you're right. I, it just hit me now that when he buys that phone, the salesman's only pitch is you can program a lot of rings into that as opposed to the other one. Yeah, that's the one he chose. Yeah, so now it makes sense. He's but it got, just works so great for the the Christian prayer circle. Yeah. Be yep. the annoying person. Well, he's How about the, Aguila? He's the annoying Jew. He is the annoying Jew. So then they're convincing Cheryl. They're trying to convince Cheryl next scene, right? To bake the brownies? Yes. So if if no sorry go, first they go to to convince Susie to get oh, that recipe. Oh, we skip that, and right. we and we are introduced to a new character for the first time, Oscar the dog, Oski Oski boy. I I'd actually forgotten how long it is. Jeff really doesn't live there for. Like this was the beginning of season. It was all of season two, I guess, and it's still going on. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was it was Thor was the first episode he moved out. Season two, episode two. I really like that Jeff stole the brownies to bring. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the best part. He stole the brownies from his kid. <laughs> Why did he think they were for? There's he. He knew he was stealing them also. Like there's he knew Susie would be baking him brownies. Yep, stole the brownies. Do you like Larry's story about losing a ball? I think he's being truthful here. Yeah, I do. I do like this idea. You think that... he's being truthful? He he made that up on the spot. You don't think so? No, you think you think by any means he's being truthful. 
I thought he was being relatively truthful because he really wanted the secret. I thought he was completely making that up because he really wanted the secret. And the one thing I will say... I don't is, think we'll ever know. So, so Larry gives his pitch to Susie about how he's a secret, you can trust him with everything. And later on in the season, remember when he's trying to convince Alanis Morissette, he tells her about how everyone confides in her and he keeps good, such good secrets. He never keeps secrets. I mean... It, if you remember season one, episode 10, the group, mm-hmm. like the first thing he does after the incest group is go home and tell Cheryl like a pretty funny account of all the horror stories he heard there. Yep. Larry's not like, going to keep the secret. He, he doesn't keep secrets. Um, so I wonder if he actually thinks he is like good at this or if he's just lying on purpose. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, he's just being typical Larry. He's trying to get what he wants. Yeah. Doing his own thing. Uh, I liked his line that it's a testament to the brownie. Yeah. It's a testament to <laughs> the quality of the brownie. It's that Jeff stole him. Is what it is. Uh, yeah, so we, so we meet Oscar. Uh, Richard Lewis sits in the car and doesn't come in. <laughs> and then they drive back to the David house. Yes, they do. And so they tell Cheryl. I watched a scene twice, actually. Okay. I think, for some reason, I'm kind of convinced that Cheryl wasn't clued in to the whole plot of this episode revolving around making Benadryl into brownies. You think they just, like, put her in the scene? Yeah, because she looks act? genuinely surprised in this scene. Interesting. She looks yeah. genuinely shocked, and she's so taken aback, and she just starts laughing. Saying, <laughs> she does start laughing. She does start laughing a few times, you're she right. She starts laughing, saying, like, this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Um, well, it, it is kind of... I mean, it's actually not that dumb, though. Like, for for a situation like this, you're not going to hurt the person. Like, you can't take too much Benadryl, I don't think. Like, what, what's the harm? Like, I don't I don't know if it's that dumb. Maybe I just watched too much Curb. Maybe you do. So, my second favorite line is when Cheryl is saying, why don't you just buy some brownies and put the Benadryl in? <laughs> Their response is, don't you know anything about tampering? Don't you know anything about tampering? Come on, Cheryl. As if it's such a, first of all, just the way he says it, like like tampering is this well known like subject. Like you study tampering in school. Like, Larry knows a lot about tampering. Don't you know anything about tampering, Cheryl? You obviously can't do that. And then I like Larry's line about uh, to Cheryl, like, "Can you bake? Can yeah. you even bake? I've never seen you bake anything. Can you even bake?" Uh, that was actually, that was actually interesting a little bit that he acknowledged to her that he realized it was a stupid idea. Cause he usually doesn't do stuff like that. Like usually he would think it's a good idea. And he, afterwards he is like, well, it is kind of dumb. Thanks for doing this before he's like the, can you bake part? Mm-hmm. So then we go, we deliver, or they deliver the brownies. Yeah. This is a pretty unremarkable scene. Um, no, it, it is. I mean, I kind of liked Larry trying to like get her to like, no, they're the same brownies. They're the same brownies. He's saying it with a mouthful of brownie. So, like, his his words are kind of slurring. It's funny. And then Richard tastes one. He's like, oh, these really do these suck. These are awful. <laughs> these, these really suck. Yeah, these are terrible uh, but, brownies. Except for that. Yeah, there wasn't that too much else to that one, I don't think. And then we go to the, 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 the award show watching group uh, yep. where Wanda's there and chews Larry out for firing the black man. Firing the black man. The she- black man. And I even love how Larry, like, uses her words against her. It's like, well, Wanda, like, the black man didn't do a good job. Yeah. And it turns out it was Larry's fault all along. Well, I guess it was, but... I mean, if you have to have five remotes... See, from a customer satisfaction, 
like if if Mike setup, if Larry can't remember how to execute Mike's setup, then it's not a good setup. It's a terrible setup. They have five. Uh, they, yeah, have they have five. Yes. So I mean, maybe you didn't have to fire the black man, but I mean, you could simplify your TV than that.